0: Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to college football. I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, 20 days from now, Mississippi State will suit it up and get ready to ride. 20 days. We'll be headed down to New Orleans, cover ball game indoors. Well, many of our... Uh, compatriots around the country will sit in the humidity and the sun we will enjoy the climate controlled atmosphere of the Louisiana Superdome H- happy to be down there so look forward to that hope that you uh, you guys have made plans to uh, to join us down there one of the things that I am hearing is that Mississippi State ticket sales for the, the season opener in the Louisiana Superdome uh, are going quickly there are some fans that have contacted me. Steve, do you know where I can get tickets? Well, you know, there are a lot of third-party vendors out there. But let me just share with you that um, if you're going to wait until the end, chances are you're going to have to kind of take what you can get. So let me encourage you, go ahead and buy your tickets now. It's going to be here before you know it. I mean, we, we get so wrapped up in, in the day-to-day minutia of living that sometimes we let, you know, things get away from us. But that ball game is going to be here before you know it. It's almost like we've kind of lulled ourselves into a little bit of a, uh, of a summer cocoon of sorts because we had Omaha and then, you know, we had a little bit of a time off and then it's media days. And, you know, listen, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're going to have, I guess, practice number five today already. Five. I'm going to share some observations from yesterday with you guys today and a few other things that we learned. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's moving along. We're going to put the pads on. It's, it's time to go. It's time to get after. We're going to start playing some real football. And before you know it, we're going to be announcing a starting quarterback. We'll talk about some of that today, too. So, again, make your plans to be in New Orleans now. Don't wait until <laughs> the very end, because what's going to happen is everybody's going to be scrambling, thinking, oh, my gosh, I forgot about this. Go ahead and do it now. You're not going to want to miss that ballgame. uh should, should be a great opportunity for State to open a season with a win. And not to mention, it, the game is early enough that uh, you can spend the rest of the evening in a French Quarter. And maybe if that's not your thing, there's plenty of great places to eat down there. And so uh, we have not had a New Orleans trip in some time, so let's go down there and enjoy that. And again, go ahead and make plans today to be part of that. Part of this plan should be ordering a new Mississippi State polo or T-shirt or anything of that, that matter from our good friends at Campus Bookmark. You can go by and meet those fine folks face-to-face. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because you are family. It's going to be difficult to make it through there if you're not a stater between now and in opening games. Let me encourage you to visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. And any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Absolutely. Go ahead and do it, man. Go ahead and mom, dad, everybody in the family needs some new maroon-white merchandise. Go ahead and take advantage of that today. The first thing that I want to address today, and I, and I, I want to speak, I'm, I'm going to be very frank in how I say things, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to come off... Um, Haughty or disrespectful, or anything of that nature, but I will say this if I step on your toes a little bit, I hope it hurts. So, uh, over the course of the last several weeks, uh, those of us that work at uh, jeanspage.com, the 247 sports Mississippi State affiliate, we have been inundated with questions about the availability of Keaton Thompson for the home open, the season opener at, against the Old Lafayette. And so, here, let me back up a little bit here. So, just about every year and just about every team, there are some things that happen in the offseason that have to be addressed. Just last season, Nick Fitzgerald, starting quarterback Nick Fitzgerald, was suspended for the first game uh for an undisclosed rules, rules violation something happened during the off season that was addressed game 1 uh, you remember Fletcher Cox was suspended a game i mean there's there's always some of these things that happen and uh Nick's suspension was announced on the Moorhead Monday the the Monday before the season opener last year and so because of that there are sometimes that people begin to anticipate drama and they want to build up some internet credibility and so they start beginning to uh, to make some guesses and that sort of stuff and so for the better part of two months i know paul jones and i've talked about this dave murray and i've talked about this that uh, we have had several people that have messaged us privately or text us or emailed and uh, all of them asking about the availability of keton thompson one of the things one of the profound truths of living is that if you talk to enough people you can hear whatever you want it may not be true but you can hear whatever you want and so I don't know where this rumor originated I, I, I don't know why somebody would would start an ugly rumor about one of our student athletes I, I don't understand that if you, if you love Mississippi State and you're following Mississippi State and you consider yourself uh, you know, a member of the Maroon and White family, I, I don't know why we would ever suggest that something is amiss with one of our student athletes. Because let me, let me tell you the reality of this, okay? So I've learned over the course of this week that uh, these, quote, rumors have gotten back to Keaton Thompson. And that people have begun asking him, hey, are you suspended the first game? What's going on? And so, of course, he's heard nothing about it. And so then he, in turn, has to go. Then he's asking other people. And so this is a player, a guy, number one, that chose Mississippi State over LSU and others because he wanted to be at Mississippi State. This is a guy that stepped up and did his absolute best after the horrific injury to Nick Fitzgerald and made his first start in the Gator Bowl in a win over Louisville and then tied an SEC record for touchdowns accounting for in his second career start last year in the season opener. Keaton Thompson is worthy of our respect. Now, Keaton is also in the middle of having to compete for his starting job. He emerged from the spring as the guy and uh, many of us thought, okay, well, Keaton's going to be the starter. And then just on his way to uh, getting the QB1 designation, Tommy Stevens transfers in. And I don't know who you are or where you're from, but when something like that happens, when you think you have won a job and now all of a sudden there is a new candidate that comes in, that that, that is going to do some things to shake your confidence. I don't care who you are. And you can say, well, you know what, then go ahead and bring in whoever they want, you know, if he's man enough to take job for me, and so be it. Uh, that's not reality. I know, I know that that sounds good in bravado and it sounds good in conversation, but when you feel like you've already won the job and then you bring in somebody else, I don't care who you are, that's going to be a little bit of a blow to your confidence because you're going to think, well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And and if if I'm if I'm the starter, why do they feel the need to bring in somebody else to compete? And so... So Keaton's having to deal with all of that. And I don't know that he thinks that way or he said that way, but it would only be human nature if he did. So here he is in the middle of dealing with all of that. And then you bring in a guy, not only is he a brand new quarterback that has a different skill set than you, this is a guy that played for your head coach in this offense. So he should have a leg up on you from an experience standpoint of kind of understanding the fundamentals and the nuances of the offense. So Keaton... It's tough enough to play SEC football as it is. It's doubly tough when all of a sudden you're competing to be a quarterback, and they bring in a grad transfer. I got to take your job. And then on top of that, someone starts rumors about your availability. And uh, they suggest that uh, it's really a you know a question of your behavior, not rather than your ability. And so. We have heard many of these rumors for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months, and uh, finally you begin to kind of ask around, you know, and say, "Hey, listen, I, I just it, it's, I, if there's something to it, I understand if you don't want to tell me." But uh, Keaton Thompson is not suspended. He's not suspended, and it's almost been accepted as fact by many people in the Mississippi State social media community that he is suspended. Guys, he's not suspended, so stop saying that. Stop spreading that rumor. You are bringing harm to a young man that you should feel very much indebted to. Now, he's brushed it off, I'm sure, and kind of moved forward, But, but why should people within our football program have to address these things? Why should anybody have to say, listen, hey, listen, I know that they're saying this out there, about you but it's untrue why, why should anybody be troubled with that just so somebody else can establish some internet cred and, and it's interesting to me uh it, it's I said I wasn't going to talk about this but I am there are some people out there that all they live for it is apparent is to tear other people down on social media and it doesn't matter the facts it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I've had these people turn their guns on me before. Not just Old Miss people, but, but some Mississippi State people. You know, uh, someone sent me a post earlier this week from uh, something that somebody posted about me on the Old Miss Spirit. Uh, some guy from Oxford, Mississippi uh, said that uh, that I claimed that, uh, that they had uh, hundreds of uh, uh, burner phones or whatever, some issue like that, and that Hugh Freeze was hiring uh, – Hookers for recruits. I never said either one of those things. Both of those things are a ball-faced lie. Now, here's the deal about that. When when these old Miss people or whatever, they say anything, I kind of laugh about it because a lot of that is just kind of born out of jealousy. They would love to be able to attack my credibility and kind of bring me down and say, well, he, he was wrong about this, he was wrong about that. And the bottom line is that when it came to the old Miss case, I was wrong about very little. There were some things that I was told that didn't come to fruition, but the bottom line was, I you know, I feel really good about the record. And so what happens is because of the fact that I was right about it and they don't want to give me credit for it, they'll find a way to kind of tear me down. And uh, and, and I'm okay with that. It does, I'll be honest with you, it does bother me a little bit when our people do it. I uh, had some uh, good friend of mine uh, listens to this show, sent me some post. Uh, I don't even know which message board it's from, uh, attacking my credibility saying, hey, well, before the uh, – on so in this investigation, I thought we kind of took all his words with a grain of salt. Well, let me tell you, I'll put my record up against anybody. Now, you can say what you want to say to make yourself feel better about your own bad buying decision You know, because if you subscribe to other websites, whatever that kind of stuff, then you were you were subscribing to RC when you should have been subscribing to Coke. But a lot of people out there, they'll say well, you know, here's the deal. And, and here's the thing about recruiting. You know, if you cover recruiting long enough you're going to get burned on stuff. Because here, I don't know if you know this, and this might be a revelation, but uh, teenagers have a tendency to stretch the truth. Sometimes they'll tell you something, and there's a ring of truth to it, but it's not really true. And there are some guys, too, and, and I know this, this, this will come as a shock to some people. There are some people out there that don't understand that there are some things that happen in the world of recruiting that are unscrupulous. I, I know that's a shocker. There are sometimes that a player will tell you, "This is what I'm going to do," and then all of a sudden he no longer talks to you, and the adults in the situation take over, and they make a decision. So things change in recruiting. And uh, if you haven't been burned by a recruit, uh, you haven't covered recruiting long enough. You know that's one of the things that I have learned about all of this. And and to, to chase a little bit of a rabbit trail here, one of the things that I used to tell people years and years and years ago, I used to say, "You know, you know, I've." People would say, Steve, are you happy? I said, I've never had a sad day in my life. I've been happy every day because I'm a positive person. And I said that in the naivety of youth. I just hadn't lived long enough. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you live long enough, at some point, life will, will, will hit you with a gut punch. You'll have some bad things happen. We lost our first child to miscarriage. That remains the saddest day of my life. And so to kind of get back on track... Anybody that says, "Oh well, you know, I've never had that happen," well, you just hadn't worked long enough. Because in our industry, that's going to happen. It's going to happen to all of us. Sometimes we misread the tea leaves. Sometimes we're lied to. But but I love these folks. You know, the, here's the thing about this, and this will sound arrogant and haughty, and this, to be honest with you, I don't even care. It's one thing when John Q. message board poster can post something because here's the thing if he's if he's wrong you know what he can do he can always just set up another account because nobody knows who he is and he can just say you know what here's what I'm hearing and there's no consequence for that there's nobody to hold them accountable and if the message board heard turns against him and said hey you said this and you were wrong he'll just delete the account and start another one and start fresh when somebody in the media says something it's a little different deal. It takes on a different level of seriousness. And so I, I say that to say this. I am 100% confident that Keaton Thompson is not suspended for the UL Lafayette game. As of August the 7th, 2019, he is now. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, he, he may do something stupid between now and then. I don't expect it. But I can tell you from the people that I have spoken to, extremely close to the situation, that there is nothing to this. And it is undignified of our fans to be out there suggesting that there is something untoward involving one of our student-athletes. That's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. And I'll be honest with you, we have had some players over the years that I might, you know, I might not be willing to step up on the table for and say, you know what, uh, I'm going to support this kid there are some guys that needed to grow up a little bit keaton thompson not one of those dudes man keaton thompson is a fine young man he has handled himself with class and dignity and he is competing to be your starting quarterback he may or may not win the job but there will come a time this year that we're going to need him to go make a play for us and those same people that are out there tearing him down on social media they'll be cheering for him to make that play that's the hypocrisy in the whole thing, and and the thing that I ask myself is when when our own folks are tearing we're tearing each other down. What in the world do we need old Miss Rebels for if we're gonna do if we're gonna be our own worst enemy if we're gonna go out there and start rumors about our own quarterback? What do we what are, who needs them? They can just take the summer off. We'll just beat our own selves up. It's absolutely stupid. It's foolish. It's stupid. It's immature. It's just not welcome. It's just something that absolutely should never happen. And that's the thing that I've learned. Everybody's got a source. Yeah, that's what they claim. Here's what, I got a guy that texts me. or I'm, I'm in a group message with these guys, and here's what they're saying. I, I, I deal with that all the time. All the time. And it got to the point over the weekend that there were so many texts, I, I just got to the point I just didn't respond to them. I didn't respond to them. There are all these people that find me on social media, and they'll message me and say, "Hey, this is what I'm hearing. What are you hearing about this?" And I just got to say, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to respond to this. And then it got to be such a big deal. I said, "You know what? I'm. I'm going to get an answer. I'm going to get an answer." Now, let's talk a little bit about that. About suspensions, shall we say? Now, there are a lot of people out there that uh, that are anticipating some bad news. And at this point, I can tell you that we don't have any players suspended at Mississippi State. That's not the case as of now. You know, a lot of people have uh, have asked repeatedly about the Nick Weatherspoon issue. You know, does it connect to football? You know, will there be consequences? Were there any football players involved? You know, and let me just tell you, everybody just needs to pump the brakes on that. I've talked to several people, tried to get as much information as I can, but because of the fact there are student privacy issues involved here, there's not a lot of information to be had. And so, when there is a vacuum, people appear to, uh, to want to fill that vacuum. And based on the information that I have, let me tell you, there's nothing to know at this point. And there are people out there. Steve, I've heard this, and we're going to have this. And we're going to have. This. There's going to be. This guy's going to be suspended. We're going to do this, guys. Anybody that's telling you that right now is not correct. I feel comfortable enough with the information that I have right now that there has been no decision made about any of those things. And so I'm just going to encourage you, just relax. Take all that you hear with a grain of salt. Because, again, it's some of, some of those same people that want to tear the rest of us down. Those are the people spreading those type of rumors. And then people come out and say, well, you know, you guys know. You know there, there are a lot of things that I know or I think that I know that I can't report. And what I mean by that is, is that when we go put our byline on something and write a story and say, look, this is factual, you have to be correct. You can guess and hope you're right. But I would think that our that our fan base is discriminated enough that you expect more from us just to simply guess. You know, we had some things happen last year. You know, I, you know, than when, uh, when Michael Story was suspended and, uh, the thing that irritated me the most about all that is we're all out at practice every day and, and we don't pick up on him being missing for a couple of days. We're all out there. And we, we missed it. And then the next thing I know, it's announced that he's suspended and, and that he had been for a couple days. And so I go back and I'm beginning to look at our notes and I contact other people and say, how, how did we miss this? And the bottom line is so sometimes you get out there and you, you only get you know 20 minutes and it's difficult to get to every personnel group. It's difficult to kind of take an accounting or you know call the role for every player. And so those are things that we learn. And so when we go out there now, we are all a lot more cognizant of that. Who's here? First thing we do when we walk out of there is we say, hey, listen, who, who's in the new contact jerseys? Yesterday, Alec Murphy in red jersey again. Willie Gay, a new red jersey. Kaziah Pruitt upgraded from red to yellow. Kendall Jones, of course, in yellow. That's one of the first things that we notice. Who is in the multicolor jerseys? Uh, And I don't know if you guys, they don't just stand around on the sidelines and watch practice. They still have to, to be involved in some physical activity. They're working with the trainers. They're on the exercise bike. They don't get a day off. I guess if there's a serious injury, it'd be a different deal. But they're going to get something done. And so we, we, we look at that and we go out there and, and one of the first things that I start doing when I talk to people is, hey, is anybody missing? Is anybody not out here? And, and, and occasionally you'll hear, oh, well, so-and-so had a test. And and that's good because inevitably somebody else is probably going to see that they're missing and say, hey, well, so-and-so not out here today. What's going on? And so we try to get that answer and try to be a little bit you know proactive to find those things out because I don't want to be surprised. I don't want somebody else to break the news and we find out later we it, it, it was all... Hidden in plain sight. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. That is the place to go break bread when you're in town. There's nothing quite like it, and and I tell people all the time that one of the great rewards in life is being able to sit down and treat yourself to a great restaurant-quality hamburger. I have found my new favorite. That is the Lauren. I absolutely love the Lauren. If I wasn't married, I'd marry the Lauren. It's just it it it's kind of like a bacon cheeseburger plus. Nice, thick bacon. It's incredible. So I'm encourage you, go buy it. Go have the Lauren. I know a lot of times I'm a little more eccentric in my taste. I talk about pimentology and the mission and that sort of stuff. And listen, I still love those. Trust me when I say this. You're going to love the Lauren. You're going to love it. And if you've been a straight bulldog guy for a while, if you just say, you know what, Steve, I don't want to venture off the path a little bit too far. You know, I don't want to get my leg stuck in that pico de gallo. I get it. I understand it trust me on the Lauren go have the Lauren go say you know what I, wa- I wasn't quite sure what I wanted today Steve Robertson told me to come to Bulldog Burger Company and order the Lauren you'll be glad you did Bulldog Burger Company the place in start where people go to meet M-E-A-T I want to talk a little bit about the Willie Gay thing I-, I had a chance to interview Willie yesterday he seemed to be fine to me uh and then we get out there and he's in the red contact no, no contact jersey and uh later on in a protective boot and so we will ask joe moorhead today kind of what the situation is because that that was a little bit unexpected that was a surprise to me when we walked out there because traditionally when players are injured they are off limits to the media they don't let us talk to them about injuries and even if if even if we promised not to speak about injuries they just simply do not make injured players available to the media and that's pretty much standard throughout the industry but all that being said Willie Gay was available for interviews yesterday afternoon, and then we get to practice, and he's in the red jersey. So I don't know if something happened yesterday afternoon, if something happened in the workout, or if something happened uh, in the early stages of practice, or maybe he didn't feel right, but the bottom line was is that he was in no contact. And so some other people have tried to say, oh, well, maybe there's more to it. Guys, there's absolutely nothing to that. We don't don't put anybody in a red jersey unless it's an injury-related issue. It's as simple as that uh alan love a lot of questions about alan love okay so alan love you may recall that's a defensive tackle to transferred in from louisville uh full participant in practice looks good looks like a true three technique i don't expect him to get cleared i was hopeful for a long time you know with, with all of the, the the liberal application of the waiver uh we were expecting that to work out I, at this point, it would be a surprise to me if he was cleared to play this year. The whole medical hardship thing—one—they have this 100-mile halo. Like, if you're actually moving home to be closer due to a medical issue, they like for you to be within that 100 miles. And of course, Stark was a little bit farther than 100 miles from Birmingham, and so it's not much, but it is something. And so, at this point, I think it would be a surprise if he is ruled eligible. To play this year. But I I honestly after looking at the group yesterday, watching Fabian Love, watching Jaden Crumity, I just I'm beginning to think we're gonna be okay. Now we're not gonna be Jeff Simmons, Corey Thomas, Braxton Hoyette okay. You know, we're gonna have some growing pains along the way. We're gonna have to have some guys kind of, you know, shed blocks and get in gaps and, and create a mess there in the middle. But Fabian Lovett is a diff, difficult guy to move. I mean, just watch it, watching him get in there and just kind of move around, he kind of makes you uncomfortable. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like you begin to think to yourself, I can't imagine having to try to block this guy. I can't imagine having to meet this guy in the hole. I mean, because he is such a wide-bodied player. He's just one of those guys that can make a play even when he doesn't make the play. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he may not get penetration, but he can stand his guy up and kind of just create a pile there in the middle and let the linebackers clean up and he might make the play and not be recorded get the credit for the tackle. And Jaden Crumity, again, another good day. And uh, I've got some clips that have been posted over on Gene's page today, and again, free. Today, it's D-line and tight ends. And you can kind of watch some of the things that I saw yesterday. And again, you know, it's practice drills, okay, You know, he's not. We're not lining up and then line up his seven technique and chasing the quarterback and recording a sack. Okay, but you kind of get a sense of the athleticism of this group. And one of the drills that I was most impressed with is uh, basically, you know, it's it's a quarterback hurry and then the rake drill. And they're trying to rake the ball out. You know, quarterback's back to pass, and so they're trying to to get outside of the tackle and get to the quarterback and knock the ball loose. You know, as, he, as he's drawn back to throw. And so Bob Shoop ran that drill. And you, you'd be amazed at how athletic these bigger guys are. And this is what you'd expect in the Southeastern Conference. But you go watch Fabian Lovett and Jaden Crummody, and just, you know, you can see what I'm talking about. These guys are not just powerful guys that are going to plug a hole, these are guys that can pursue a little bit, these are guys that can, can create some unrest in an opponent's backfield. Uh, go watch that again it's free and uh, it's on the front page jeans page right now but the longer that we watch them because I'm, I'm with you guys i have entered this whole fall practice observation period that, you know I'm, I'm worried about defensive tackle i'm worried about receiver curious at quarterback getting to be a little worried about running back and that uh, what i mean by that is, is we know we have a superstar in colin hill and we have a very solid number two in Nick Gibson, and, and Nick Gibson, I said this on Bo Bouncer earlier day. Nick Gibson looks to be in the best shape of his career. He really looks the part. Looks real polished out there as a receiver too, man. I mean, watching him go out there and, you know, and run the out, you know, kind of give them that, you know, up and out move. And you go up there and you kind of give them the shoulder like you're going to run the post and you put your foot in the ground and, and then flex out there in the flats and they throw it. He is so smooth. Getting his hands up, securing the catch, and getting upfield. But I don't know what's behind him, and uh, you know the Kareem Walker situation still unresolved, still still unresolved, and uh, he had hoped to be here uh, this week. I don't, and I, and based on what I'm hearing, I don't anticipate that. I think there's a real risk right now that he is even part of the program, uh, and that's disappointing. And then Alec Murphy. The guy that that will be your 13th running back is still not participated in practice. He's still in a red red no contact jersey, and uh, we saw him at the beginning of the camp on crutches. So I'm not exactly sure what the ailment is, but the fact that he is out there and still working, you we know, we expect him to be better. But the bottom line is, is that at some point you're going to need your third and 14th running back, and that might be just running the fourth quarter out against Evelyn Christian. But you don't want Colin Hill out there having to take all his hits. Uh, Nick Gibson had 27 carries a season ago. He'll have more this year. You know, somebody's got to eat up those Eris Williams carries. Eris had 85. Kylan had 117. I don't know if you remember this. Nick Fitzgerald had 211 carries last year. And with Joe wanting to have more of a passing offense and the running backs to carry more of the rushing load, those carries will trickle down to the backs. And so because of the fact that Kylan's going to have more carries there's going to be more wear and tear on him. And so you want to be able to save as much of that as you can. So you'd like to have a third or fourth team running back that you feel really good about that can go in there and just kind of salt the game away for you. They can take on some of those hits to kind of save the wear and tear on your your first and second guys. You know, Robert Rivers is the guy that's back for a sophomore year, had a handful of carries a season ago. I'll I tell you, he looks the part. But, but, but he's a walk-on, and that's not to be disrespectful to him. We've had some walk-ons come in here and make contributions at Mississippi State. But you, when you, your regular thirteen running back is injured, and then the guy you signed to be a depth guy may not make it, you begin to get a little concerned. It's one of those deals you look back in hindsight. We elected not to sign a running back one year under Mullen. And then we signed with Damian Webb and he didn't qualify. And so that's basically two years you didn't add anything to the mix. Greg Knox did a great job managing his group when he was here. And so these are some lingering issues of a couple mistakes that were made as far as roster management under Dan Mullen. And so that's kind of where we are today. You know, we, we went through the whole deal where well, we signed Alec Murphy and Eris Williams, pardon me, uh, Alec Murphy and uh, Nick Gibson in the same year. You had Dontavian Lee and Eris Williams in the same year. And so you felt like you had some youth at the bottom of the depth chart, and so you could be a little bit picky. And then last year we get in a situation where we take a junior college, you know, kind of a a guy that's kind of been a cast off, trying to reboot his career, and you get a late-blooming guy from North Alabama that you beat Louisville for. And so – Weatherspoon may have to play some this year. I think he definitely plays in four games. I think, you know, with the four-game redshirt rule, you get a lead against Abilene Christian, and maybe you let the young kid take over in the second half. You know, kind of glad we get that game late. But these non-conference games Mississippi State has, you know, outside of Abilene Christian, we, we expect everybody else to be in the ball picture. You know, Louisiana Lafayette, I mean, State absolutely smacked them last year. And, and listen, they're, they're going to be ready to play. They don't think they got the horses to run Mississippi State, but we expect all, Lafayette, Louisiana, to be in a bowl game next year. Uh, Southern Miss, we expect them to be in a bowl game next year. Kansas State should have been in a bowl game this past year. And so these non-conference games are not anything you can take for granted. And so you're trying to kind of get things rolling again, uh, and that's become a bit of a concern. The, the depth at running back is a bit of a concern. People ask every day, every single day on social media after practice, well, Steve, who looked good today? Consistently, the one guy, and we, and we, we kind of talk among the media too because we bounce around. You know, like when I go over and look at D-line, you know, Brian Haydab may be with the receivers, and, and you'll see in some of the video there's like a congregation sometimes, and we go from drill to drill, and then we'll kind of talk among ourselves and say, hey, who looked good today? And consistent, consistently, Javante Payton is being mentioned. I've shared that on the show. He, uh, he made some big grabs yesterday. I know Tyler Horka had video of one where Jim had called him Antonio Bryant. And um, I, I, I'm eager to see what he does against a live defense. But with the physical skills that he has and the ability to elevate and go up and really compete for the football, he, he brings a dimension I don't know that we've we've had in the past. You know, Osiris Mitchell is not really a catch-and-run guy. You know, he's a guy that can, can elevate – and, uh, and make plays in the red zone. You know, he made a great catch against Texas A&M, uh, and, and he's the guy that, that has high hands and can go up there and really use his size uh, to win balls in the air, but, but he's not a guy that's going to catch that seven-yard hitch and then take it 80 yards for a touchdown. That's just not his skill set. When you look at Javante Payton, that is more of what he does. He's a little a lot like Stephen Guidry, who has looked good in these last couple days of practice. Isaiah Zuber, I thought yesterday, probably looked as good as he's looked in the four practices. Well, we've been in three practices, I guess. In the practice we've attended, I thought I thought Zuber looked better today. Now, we have interviewed several players, and we were hoping to uh, to uh, meet with Isaiah Zuber. And Isaiah Zuber, and uh, you know, I was disappointed initially, but I've had some time to think about this, and, and, and I, I get it. Isaiah Zuber doesn't want to do any media yet. Because he's he's focusing on camp, and he hadn't done anything. He says, "You know what? I, I want to get established here," and uh, he's trying to win a job. He's trying to learn a new offense. He's trying to develop some chemistry and rapport with his teammates. So, rather than go stand there with the microphone in his face, he says, "You know what? L- let me wait a little while. L- let me get let me let me get some practices and some reps under my belt," and that's a real mature response. You know, Tommy Stevens comes up and speaks to us, and you, and you know you kind of expect that he's quarterback. And, uh, but I kind of get where Zuber's coming from. As disappointed as I am that you know we want to visit with him, we want to know what's the Mississippi State experience been like. Uh, what are your thoughts so far about your quarterbacks? What are your thoughts so far about you know the offense, that sort of stuff? We're eager to visit with him, and I know you guys are eager to hear from him. But I do kind of respect the fact that um, you know he doesn't want any to make any headlines until he has done something. Listen, he has run. Uh, with the threes at times in practice. He's run some with the twos, but he's run also some with the threes. We fully expect him to be a contributor. But I kind of respect the fact that he's, uh, you know, he goes, hey, listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to be up there talking to the media just yet. You know, l- let, me, let me go do something first. And, you know, even when he, uh, when he made the decision to transfer to Mississippi State, he didn't want to do any media then. You know, he says, hey, listen, I, I just want to go work, man. I just appreciate all the attention happy to go to mississippi state but i'm really just ready to get down there and get to work so this is a kid obviously that uh, is seeing life through a pretty mature lens we had a chance also to uh, to visit with chauncey rivers yesterday you know chauncey last year somebody sent me the numbers uh one of our analytical people last year that uh, Chauncey Rivers had affected the quarterback m- m- with a higher percentage of his snaps than anybody else on the team, including Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. That's interesting to me. So with more snaps, we expect more pressure, and uh, he's really stepped into a leadership role. And you, and you being around him, you can see. I, I think the Montez Sweat multi-million dollar contract might have motivated him a little bit. Those two were great friends growing up. He mentioned yesterday he speaks to Montez every single day. I think that's good for Mississippi State. I think Chauncey needs to know what's available to him, what he can go out there and accomplish. Now, he doesn't have the freakish size that Montez White does, but Chauncey Rivers is an NFL player. And I think he will be more motivated as a senior and as a guy that witnessed firsthand one of his best friends become a first-round draft pick. He also learned alongside Jeff Simmons. And so there are a lot of ways that I think kind of the osmosis of being in the room with those guys and then watching what became of them, I think that is a motivating factor for Chauncey. He is very high on the young guys on the interior. He says that those guys are real coachable and they want to learn. We know how talented they are. It's just a matter of getting some reps now. And I think maybe the, the way the schedule sets up, really kind of benefits Mississippi State. We don't have to go play LSU or Auburn week two. You know, we've got an opportunity to kind of figure some things out and let guys see themselves on film and then take some corrective action. I think that that's huge. Cam Dancer spoke with us yesterday. Uh, I think fatherhood might have matured Cam Dancer a little bit. He was great. He he was great. I uh, really enjoy speaking with Cam. and uh, He's another one of those guys, too. He doesn't give you a lot of cliches. He's he's probably the biggest fan that Maurice Smitherman has. He talks a lot about how Mo is over overlooked and underappreciated, and how physical he is. He said it's kind of a surprise you look at him, and uh, you don't realize how physical he is until you see him out there on the field. I feel really comfortable with this sec with this, this this starting tandem at corner. I think everybody should. Tyler Williams is a guy where I keep hearing. That he has all the physical skills that Cam Davenport does. We're just kind of waiting for the light to come on, and it will. He is a guy that um, will be in the mix next year as a starter. You know, Corey Charles is a guy that appears to have found a home at corner. You know, we bounced him around a lot. You know, he, he came in he was supposed to be a slot receiver, uh, that didn't work out. Moved into corner, and then it was talk. You know, right before the uh, before Dan Mullen took the Florida job, but he wasn't gonna be back. Jim Moorhead comes in, they give him a new lease on life, and what does he do? He, he finds a home at corner, and now he's going to probably be a second-team guy this year. And so, and that, that's good because Corey, Corey's a great athlete. Uh, so that's interesting. But uh, some young guys out there, Martin Emerson, Jerry, and Jones kind of making some racket. You know, Jalen Reed, Ferger, all in the mix. And so you look at that depth chart and you begin to think, okay, this is a valuable year for the youth in this personnel group because they're going to see two real technicians they're going to see a jim thorpe candidate and cam Dansler at one corner position and a senior maury smithman a guy that worked his way into that That got that's played all over the secondary and so these young guys you know we've got some depth we just got some young guys down there and so i don't worry so much about next year and i don't know that i would have said that a week ago but watching Martin Emerson and watching Jerry and Jones and drills, you, you get it. They know how to play football. They've just got to learn how to make the jump to the college level. They've got the physical skills. They've got the ability to learn. It's just a matter of you know, teaching them the game of college football. So before we get out of here, uh, I want to remind you, if you had not done so, go to StarkVillains.com, order your Stark Villain shirt. I can promise you your kids want to wear them, especially you Starkville folks. If you're going to Starkville Academy, Starville High School, whatever, you, you can get your school color Stark Villain shirts. There's no reason not to wear that. That, that. that would be a wonderful thing to go to a Starkville High School game on Friday night and see a bunch of those black and gold Starkville and shirts. I think that would be wonderful. So again, go to StarkVillains.com. Go find your uh, shirt. You can get them in maroon and white. You can get a hoodie, and it'll be hoodie weather before you know it. Looking forward to that. I'm already tired of this heat, even though it's been a good summer. I'm already tired of this heat. I want to give you guys a little information too. For those of you that uh, that have kind of kept up with the writing process, you know, I, I hope to have a release date here for you here in um, next week to ten days or so. We're we're I'm, I'm, I'm done. Everything that I needed to do has been done. The edits are done. The pictures are in. The manuscript's done. They're laying the book out, and then we'll go. But <clears throat> I, I want to run this down for you just just to kind of give you an idea of uh, some of the people that I spoke to for the book. I'm going to give you student-athletes today because there's, there's three stories that are uh, student-based stories, things that students were involved in that, that are great stories. But I uh, had a great visit with Robert Bell and uh, talked about, you know, being a pioneer, him and Frank Dowsing. And, and, I, and I give Robert a lot of credit. He wanted to talk more about football than he did about the rest of it. He said, you know, I, I, I'm a Mississippi State guy. And, and that's what matters most to him. But yeah, Robert was great. And uh, that that's in there, and uh, you guys know that I've uh, I spoke to uh, to Bob Tyler, and uh, one that was a great afternoon, man. I, I, tell you, I, could, I talked to Coach Tyler for I think about 45 minutes, and uh, I think he could have talked all afternoon. He was so grateful for the for the phone call, and uh, there were times he had to stop me and kind of repeat my questions because you know his, his hearing's failing a little bit. But uh, I considered that one of the great honors of my career was to be able to to visit with Bob Tyler and talk to him about. Mississippi State football and about the transformation that kind of took place under his watch and I don't know at the time that he fully appreciated that uh, but he's got some great things to say and one of the things that I'll share too about Coach Tyler is that uh, it is widely documented that Johnny Vault had kind of named him as his coach in waiting and then when Coach Vaught retired at Ole Miss and uh, Bruiser Kennard took over as athletic director at Ole Miss, Coach Tyler that that promise to Coach Tyler wasn't honored. And so I mentioned that to Coach Tyler just to get him to talk about it. And he said, you know, Steve, I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm a Mississippi State man, and that's really what I want to talk about. And so even th- this many years later, and, and I, and I address some of this stuff in the book, he just didn't want to be caught up in a conversation uh, where he's, you know, throwing shade at anybody being critical of anybody he just really wanted to praise Mississippi State and the time that he had uh in Starkville uh Rocky Falker interviewed Coach Falker Rocky with an E that's the number of that chapter him him and great friends and teammate Howard Lewis who was the leading and tight end on the team at the time and, and let them talk a little bit about their experiences uh you know winning the 74 Egg Bowl and the Sun Bowl what a great team that was uh and just kind of what it's been like since then, you know. And uh, I don't know that we have a better ambassador uh, than Rocky Felker. Uh, spoke with Coach Jackie Sherrill at length about the rivalry and, of course, in about 98, 99 Egg Bowls, What him talk about that. And uh, any time that you get a chance to talk to Jackie Sherrill about State football, it's uh, it's worth the time and trouble, I can promise you. He, he has so many wonderful stories to share. Uh, the 2005 SEC Baseball Championship Tournament, Game spoke to Brett Cleveland, Brooks Dunn, Ron Polk about that. That's uh, that's one of those moments that uh, you look back, I don't know, most people don't realize this. That was the last game that Ron Polk ever won at Hoover was that tw- 2005 SEC Tournament Championship. Again, it's the final one. He had a couple more after that, but that's the final one he won. Uh, Robert Elliott addresses uh, the Mary Flipmas from Oklahoma. He talks about why he picked Ole Miss, what happened on that fateful night when he came up missing and, and, and tells the story of uh, the day when the Ole Miss coaching staff with uh, Hugh Freeze and Frank Wilson and Dan Werner would not leave his mother's house, even though J.B. Grimes and Sylvester Kroon were coming. He talks about all of that. Um, that was a lot of fun. That, that's a lot of fun for those of you that kept up with that. Derek Peggy's talk with us about 2007 uh, punt return in the Egg Bowl and also about his recruitment and about why he didn't want to go to Ole Miss. And there were a lot of people in the early on, and he actually privately committed to another SEC school, and he talks about that and about how he backed off of that commitment and why he did that, and it wasn't Ole Miss. And there was all these Ole Miss media folks that said throughout the process that they were going to get Derrick Pegues in the end, and to hear Derrick Pegues say that Ole Miss really never had a chance. You know, he he, – he made, maintained contact with those guys. You know, He had a lot of friends that went there, but the expectation was all those South Nola kids were going to Ole Miss, and he just simply didn't want to go. Uh, Nico Whitley talks at length about Dan Mullen honoring his scholarship, and then about that 2013 season. And if you, and you remember this in the Oklahoma State game, we lose Justin Malone, we lose Tyler Russell, and we lose Kendrick Market, and we nearly lost Nico Whitley. And he talks about that and about that season and about – uh, working through and then stripping that ball out against Arkansas, and then the conversations between he and Bo Wallace in the 2013 Egg Bowl, and you know when Nika of course with the uh, the strip her and heard around the world in that ball game, one of those iconic moments, none of us will ever forget. He, he spoke at length about all that stuff. Wes Ray talks to us about the 2013 trip to Omaha and the College World Series, and. Uh, in 2012 SEC Tournament Championship and about setting the attendance record and about how big that comeback was there in the ninth inning. You may remember that. But uh, Wes Ray, a lot of good memories with Wes. Uh, Morgan William, spent some time talking with her. I don't know if you guys know this, but Morgan William and her senior class, the first ever women's basketball class at Mississippi State to graduate, never losing to Ole Miss. They won every game all four years. And then, of course, the next class, T.R. McAllen's class, did the same thing. But they were the first class in Mississippi State history to win every game and uh, against Ole Miss. And so, and then she talked about beating UConn. And, uh, I mean, how can you talk to Morgan Wiggum about, about women's basketball and not mention that? Uh, one of my favorite chapters is the Nick Fitzgerald chapter. The title of that chapter is A Dish Served Gold. And uh, he talks about his two big wins in Oxford. But he also talks about the injury. In the, in the play, and about all the fallout that came from that, and uh, how frustrating that was for him, and he really kind of takes you behind the scenes, and I think you begin to kind of realize that Nick Fitzgerald is a person. You know, you see him as a machine, and you know, you think he's indestructible. And uh, interviewed him and his mother and his girlfriend, and uh, really proud of that chapter. And I think when people read that, when they read what Nick went through, there were because there was a time that Nick wondered if he was even going to have a regular life again. There were times that he would just sit there and suffer alone. And uh, and he talked about that at length. And, uh, I, and I feel very privileged that he felt comfortable enough for me to share those things. Uh, but that's, that's one of my favorite chapters. Uh, Booby Dixon talks about, you know, senior day and about the big leap and about beating Ole Miss. And to, he's got a different aspect about the rivalry. that, that He kind of – he sees things a little differently. And these younger guys are a little different. You know, they've gotten to know many of those guys who played at Ole Miss, you know, because they – they, they all spent so much time together in the recruiting process. But uh, Greg Carter shares with us about the four-overtime win against Ole Miss and gives us behind the behind-the-scenes stuff. And so those are just some of the stories that are going to be in the book. And, again, uh, it's really it's my book, but they're our stories. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of the things when I first moved to Starkville, one of my goals was I want to write books about Mississippi State. I want to tell our story. And so this is kind of the first step in that direction. It won't be the last one. But uh, just about every book about Mississippi State, you know, it's, it's, there's just not a lot of them out there. And uh, I just feel like, you know what, we need to document many of these stories before many of our Bulldog greats have passed on. And uh, when Stan Black died, that was one of the motivating factors for me. I said, you know what, we have got to get this going. We have got to get these stories documented for future Bulldog generations. And uh, some of my favorite stories don't even involve ball games some of these stories in the book, the, the things that little nuances about uh, behind the scenes that I didn't know about. And uh, and so I can promise you uh, these are stories that you're going to want to enjoy. And you're going to see many of these players in a different light when they talk about you know the, the rivalry and they talk about the Mississippi State experience. And that's one of the things that I will, I will share that it's kind of a, a scarlet thread through the whole thing is that uh, it's an undying love for Mississippi State. It doesn't matter if it's Nico Whitley or Robert Elliott or Rocky Falker or Anthony Dixon or Brantley Jones. These people love Mississippi State. It's a special, special place. And uh, it's been one of the greatest honors of my life to write this book, and I can't wait for you guys to have it. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we will make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live.